0: Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks Podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello, and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome, all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it. You're addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher, and I am a Dynasty freak, which means I love drafting, trading, scouting, managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So do you. So let's talk some Dynasty. We have now episode number 89. We're getting pretty close to 100. Episode 89, we're going to look back at another rookie draft that took place in the league that I'm in. It gives me a chance to talk about various players that you'll be drafting in your leagues if you've not already drafted them. If you have drafted them, you'll get to hear if I thought yours was a good pick or a bad pick, because of uh, going through all these drafts will give us a chance to do just that. So this was my second rookie draft that took place last week in what I call my good times league. Uh, this league was my very first dynasty league, and I'm sad to say it's become the least active. Very unfortunate. Only about 50% of the owners pay attention during the offseason. Uh, while we have removed a few owners over the years and replaced, us, replaced them with some pretty uh, active owners... The fact is, in this league, it's just the friendships that have kept this league together. So the 50% that don't, uh, that aren't as active year-round, they're good friends. And so that's kind of the competition level of this league. It is an old-school, 10-team, non-PPR league. We do still have 30-man rosters with 10-player lineups, including kickers and a defense. Unfortunately, in this league, I finished in last place for the first time in my Dynasty career. I've never earned the number one draft pick in my career, but I did in this league, near the end of the year, the writing was pretty uh, clear on the wall, and I fairly tanked at the end of the year by selling players and draft picks, including, of course, Michael Thomas, who carried that team to a championship. Congrats to my buddy Dave Brown there. Um, I traded him, though, to acquire more picks in this rookie year draft, as well as some younger players like A.J. Brown. I did have Juju Smith-Schuster uh, on this team, a very injury-laden season for him, of course. That contributed to my poor team last year. I really feel like if he's back this year, The moves that I made, the guys that I picked up last year in the draft, Miles Sanders and Debo Samuel, I'm actually really primed for one of these bounce back years, especially after what I did in this draft, but you can be the judge of that at the very end of the podcast. I'll kind of reveal real briefly what my team looks like, but for now, let's jump into the picks. I will say running back was my weakness in this league, but I think it is no longer because I had pick number one and number two. I always recommend on these type of podcasts that you actually go to the website. I write all this up on the website. One of the best things you can do is you start to get ready for your drafts is look at the average draft position of very active leagues. Of course, I told you this one's like 50% active, but still you can look at the drafts that have actually happened, not mock drafts, like real drafts happen. I'm going to post them so you can see about the average draft, depth of position, average draft position. So you can know what you can do in your draft. So you can need to wait on and who you can't wait on. So here it is. I'll list them uh, real quickly. Number one, Jonathan Taylor. Pick two, J.K. Dobbins. Pick three, Clyde edwards O'Lair, Pick four, C.D. Lamb. Pick five, DeAndre Swift. Six, Jerry Judy. Seven, Cam Akers. Nine, Keyshawn Vaughn. I'm sorry, eight, Keyshawn Vaughn. Nine, Joe Burrow. Ten, Justin Jefferson. That was the first round. I was fortunate enough to have pick number one and pick number two in this draft, so I picked Jonathan Taylor and J.K. Dobbins. More on them in a minute. But what I'll first do is I'll talk about the best value, the biggest reach, and then I'll talk about my picks and the rounds where I actually had picks. So best value here, I think it's really hard to name anyone as a first-round value in this loaded class. Um, but but for the sake of listing someone, I'll list Justin Jefferson here at number 10. He is my number 7th-ranked rookie in this class. So to see him fall behind Keyshawn Vaughn and Joe Burrow, more on those guys in a minute, um, it's a big surprise in my opinion. Well, I do have some concerns about Minnesota's run-first offense, Kirk Cousins' efficiency has still made wide receivers valuable in Minnesota, and Jefferson's likely to start from day one, so he'll likely surpass the aging Adam Thielen as a number one target in Minnesota within the next two or three years. So good value getting him here at number 10 in this first round. As for the biggest reach, I already wrote about Keyshawn Vaughn in my uh, draft last, year, or last week as the biggest reach, so I won't talk about him again, even though I still feel like that's a reach for him. I'm going to mention this time Joe Burrow as my uh, first round reach. I like Burrow as my number one ranked uh, quarterback in this class, but drafting him in the first round in a one quarterback league feels like a bit of a reach for me. For context, the owner only has Mitch Trubisky and Ryan Tannehill as his quarterbacks. So you can see why he would make this pick, but uh, I don't like to take quarterbacks in a one quarterback league this early. I would have rather made like a low level trade with another team during the offseason to get a quarterback, something like that. But this is one of those inactive teams in the league, so they paid the price for it by not being active and making some trades. Um, They draft a quarterback in the first round, which I think is a bit of a reach. Now, for me, as for my picks, first time I've ever earned the number one pick, and I also made some trades to make sure that I had the number two pick. And of course, I took Jonathan Taylor and J.K. Dobbins. Those are the top two rookies on my draft board, so I held true to what I believe. I'm one of the only analysts who actually has Clyde Edwards-Alaire as my uh, fifth-ranked rookie running back and my 8th ranked rookie overall, so I have him 5th where so many people have him number 1. I believe in college productivity, and because of that, there's few players that have proven it year in and year out like JT and JK. Uh, Both players could take time to emerge as a lead back on their teams, but I'm not concerned about that. It is dynasty after all we're talking about, right? Taylor lands behind one of the best offensive lines in the league, one that even made kind of I'd say the middle of pack Marlon Mack look really good last year. Plus, the Colts traded up to get him. I always love that. And I think with Baltimore, man, Baltimore's offense under Lamar Jackson has made every running back average more than five yards per carry because that's just what the defense have to do. They have to watch out for Jackson. And so you get these wide open lanes. And I think Dobbins is ready as the best running back in this class in the RPO shotgun offense since that's what he played all through his college year, uh, college career. Last year, I finished last in this league because of my poor running back play, but I think that's not going to be the case for me in the years to come. Let's go move on to the second round. Again, go to the website so you can actually see these guys listed, but I'll just list them here on the podcast for you. Number 11. So, first pick of the second round in this 10 team league 11, Jalen Rager. 12, Denzel Mims. 13, Michael Pittman. 14, Henry Ruggs. 15, Brendan Ayuk. 16, Zach Moss. 17, T. Higgins. 18, Tua Tungvaola, 19, Antonio Gibson, and 20, Brian Edwards. Biggest value, in my opinion, here was T. Higgins. I have him as my number 10th ranked rookie, but he fell to number 17. That's the lowest I've seen him fall uh, this year. I know there is some concern about his competition with with A.J. Green there and Tyler Boyd being there already as starters, but Zach Taylor runs a lot of three wide receiver sets, and beat reporters speculate already that Higgins will be uh, the number one or the number three receiver in these three receiver sets. Plus, there is the narrative out there that Burrow and Higgins trained together leading up to the draft, so they already have some sort of a chemistry together. The fact that Higgins was a top high school recruit, broke out in a sophomore and junior seasons at Clemson, while they were really loaded with other talented receivers he had to compete against you know, to, to keep his spot. I think he was drafted as the first pick of the second round, so that proves that they, Cincinnati had some long-term plans uh, for him. I think he has a very, very long future with a fellow rookie at quarterback there in Burroughs. So great value there at 17. Biggest reach in this one? I'd say Antonio Gibson. Uh, he was drafted by one of the really active, and I consider one of the most astute owners in the league. Um, he drafted G- Gibson in, in the draft that I reported on last week too, so clearly he believes in him, which makes me actually second against myself a bit because I do I really trust this owner's, um, his owner's smarts. Still, I consider it a bit of a reach. Uh, While there were plenty of big plays that stand out on film, I just think his career productivity and positional uncertainty made him fall considerably in my rankings. I have him ranked at number 33, while here he was drafted at number 19. This owner must see something like Ron Rivera saw, which is why they drafted him at the second pick of the third round in Washington. Um, And of course, the coaches have already started to compare him to Christian McCaffrey, but I just find that ridiculous. It's not, it's not cool. It's actually kind of funny when you compare a guy that had 2,000-yard seasons in college, um, meaning 2,000 yards in one season like McCaffrey did, comparing him to a guy who never had more than 1,000 yards in Antonio Gibson. I just don't buy it. Don't compare him to Christian McCaffrey. I think the hype's getting a little out of control for him. And then as for my pick, well, I didn't have one. <laughs> Not much to say here. This was part of the trade where I got a second round trade away. My second round pick is part of the trade to get Michael Thomas and part of the trade to move up to number two so that I had picked pick number one and two. So let's move on to round number three. Third round of this 10-team league. We had A.J. Dillon, 21, 22, LaVisca Chenault, 23. Joshua Kelly, it was my pick, 24, J.K. Hamler, 25, Anthony McFarlane, 26, Cole Kement, 27, Devin Duvernay, 28, Chase Claypool, 29, Darrington Evans, and 30, Antonio Gandy-Golden. Best value, in my opinion, here was LaVisca Chenault. Man, he was my number 14th ranked rookie, but he fell to 22. I tried so hard to trade up to get him, but the owner knew uh, who I wanted, and I could only offer him uh, pick number 4.1. Um, Chenault's injury history does concern me a little bit, um, but his draft capital being this 10th pick of the second round shows that Jacksonville has plans for him. If there was an offseason, season, uh, he could be able to beat out Chris Conley and D.D. Westbrook out of the starting role right away, I think, and become the number two target behind DJ Shark. Even if he has to sit behind them for a short time, I think his versatile skills, explosiveness will get him used on gadget plays at the very least. Get him some touches early as he gets um, acclimated with the NFL. Uh, he can certainly stay healthy. This would be a steal. This was a surprise. I don't think I'm going to see uh, Chenault fall to the third round in any of my other drafts. As for the biggest reach, I'd say here Cole Kement at pick number 26. Commit uh, is my number two ranked tight end behind um, and my number 34 uh, ranked rookie overall. I do have Adam Troutman as the tight end ahead of him. But he was drafted here at number 26, and I have him ranked as number 34. So I feel like that was quite a stretch. I'd never draft a tight end based on need, especially it is a very weak class this year. Um, but there are plenty of proven middle-of-the-pack tight ends um, that are on the waiver wire free agencies that he could have that he could have looked at or even could have made trades for. Again, this is one of the owners that's pretty inactive. And so leading up to the draft, I was making him a lot of tight ends. I've got four tight ends on my roster, and so I was trying to offer him a lot of my tight ends since he didn't really have a starter on his team. But instead, he chose to go with a rookie, which I don't think is really going to help him. So didn't like the commit pick right there. As for my pick, my pick was Joshua Kelly at number 23. This was a perfect landing spot because he's my 23-ranked rookie, and I drafted him here at number 23. Uh, He was a real target for me in this draft, largely because I also own Justin Jackson in this league, and I'd like to see those two compete to see who could ever become the number two back behind Austin Eckler there in L.A., this is not their only reason, however. I really believe that he's a bigger and better back than Justin Jackson, and he's going to win the number two role there in LA, and could even become the short yardage and goal line back right away. He doesn't excel in anything, but he's good at everything. He's bigger, he's better balanced than any of the Charger running backs that they have right now. Eckler really struggled in the red zone. He was great, actually, in the passing game on the red zone, but really struggled converting touchdowns in the red zone. So Jackson, or J- Joshua Kelly has been moving up my boards with every step of the way throughout this offseason. I'm going to be drafting a lot of him. Was happy to get him at number number 23. Moving on now to the fourth round, pick number 31, Justin Herbert. That was my pick. Pick 32, Tyler Johnson. 33, Van Jefferson. 34, DJ Dallas. 35, know Benjamin. 36, my pick, James Prochet. 37, Le-Michael P Ryan, 38, Quintus Cephas. 39, Raymond Calais. And 40, Salvin Ahmed. Best value, in my opinion, here was Tyler Johnson. I have him as my number 22 ranked rookie, but he went 10 picks later at number 32. Uh, He was a player that I was trying to decide between uh, my pick at number 31. So the first round of the fourth, first pick of the fourth round was mine. I was debating between Justin Herbert um, and Tyler Johnson, who went just right after me. He does land in a very crowded wide receiver group in Tampa Bay behind Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, obviously two awesome receivers, but he really could solidify himself as a wide receiver three when they come into three wide receiver sets. Um, And then he could become the wide receiver number two in Tampa if in the years to come, they actually decide to move on for Mike Evans or for, you know, someone was to get injured. We saw last year when, when Evans or Godwin got injured, how great Perriman played when he came in for those uh, few games. And so the same could happen if one of them was to get injured. I really love uh, the talent and the college productivity of uh, Tyler Johnson, and so he was a good pick here, I think, in this round. As for the biggest reach, I think, I would actually say uh, Raymond Calais. He was drafted by an owner, again, whose evaluation I really normally trust, but um, he's now d- down behind Keshawn Bond, <laughs> you know? It, I think that... It could be that this owner is down on Keyshawn Vaughn just like I am and thinks that actually Calais is going to be the one that makes an impact there in Tampa Bay. That could be very well be. I just think that the people kind of jump on the gun a little bit assuming that this is going to be Tom Brady's new James White. Um, I've heard the comparison in the draft, but the fact was for me that Calais was not even ranked among my top 72 rookies, which means this was a big stretch, and uh, I either am right or I seriously missed something if he was drafted uh, this early at number 39. As for my picks, I had two in this round, uh, in this league, like many leagues, unfortunately I have Jameis Winston. You'll hear that a lot from me, which means basically I'm holding a quarterback for a year. Just a guy dead on my roster. Pretty frustrating. I do have Russell Wilson as a starter, but only Teddy Bridgewater behind him. Um, for this year and so Justin Herbert just seemed like a smart investment at the 31 pick especially since he was my number 21 ranked rookie I'll have to wait to see him develop and I'm but I'm happy to draft him here and in the fourth round while I wait to see if what he can prove he does have great weapons to throw to incredible defense to keep him in games too I like what he can do with his legs too adding some cheap fantasy points on the ground so he could become the quarterback of the future particularly if Winston in this league does not become a starter in New Orleans after this year my next pick in this round, of course, was James Prochet. He's one of my favorite wide receivers in the pre-draft process, and I had to move him down quite a bit, largely because of the landing spot in Baltimore. I feel like that's less than ideal. It's a very crowded wide receiver room in Baltimore, but at the same time, everyone's young and relatively unproven. So Marquise Brown and Miles Boykin are in their second years. Brown showed something, but I always got hurt. Boykin didn't show anything. So he also has to compete with Devin DuVernay, who was drafted in the third round, so This is a six-round pick here by Baltimore. He's really going to have to prove something, but I loved his college film and just feel like he's a guy that I want to have on my roster and see what happens. Baltimore is one of my favorite teams to trust in the players that they draft as well because they trust in college productivity as well as I do. And so that's why they picked DuVernay and Prochet, each of whom had 100 catches last year on their college teams. So they are very proven. Prochet has as good a chance as anyone to becoming a, a starter in Baltimore in my humble opinion. Now on to round five, the last round of this draft. We had pick number 41, Isaiah Hodgins. That was my pick. Pick 42, Lynn Bowden. Pick 43, Adam Troutman. 44, Donovan Peoples-Jones. 45, Thaddeus Moss. 46, Gabriel Davis. 47, Colin Johnson. 48, Frank Gore. 49, Darnell Mooney. And then my pick with Mr. Insignificant at pick number 50, Michael Warren. My opinion on the best value here is Donovan Peoples-Jones. Excellent pick at number 44, especially since he was my 39th-ranked rookie. Um, In this round, it's really all about opportunity and who can prove something quick, because a lot of these guys are going to be dropped from our rosters unless they can show something. But Peoples-Jones has a chance to prove it in the preseason, assuming we have one. If he can prove that he can become the wide receiver three in Cleveland behind uh, Odell Beckham and Landry, that would would prove something. And Cleveland looks to become a more run-heavy team under their new coaching staff. So that's something to consider too, but Baker Mayfield has made third wide receivers like Rashad Higgins look good at times. Uh, He was a very, very highly ranked recruit coming into college, had a bad quarterback throwing to him. So he's going to get one more chance to prove himself. I wouldn't draft him early based on those upside things, but here at pick number 44 sounds like a good deal for me. On the biggest stretch, honestly, I couldn't find find one here. I didn't want to just make one up. Uh, I didn't really find one. These all seem like pretty appropriate picks here in the fifth round. So let me end by talking about my picks. Two picks in this round. I picked Isaiah Hodgins. You heard me talk about him before. He's one of my late round targets this year. I already already wrote about why I drafted him on my first rookie draft. Uh, So you can go back and read that or listen to last week's podcast. But uh, to prove how much I like him, I drafted him again at number 41. While in the previous draft, I traded up to get him at pick 56. So I'm telling you, I believe in this guy. Listen to last week's podcast if you want to know more about why. As for Mr. Insignificant, the last pick that I made, Michael Warren, I think just he was just incredibly productive back in Cincinnati, rushing for more, a combined more than 2,500 yards and 36 touchdowns his sophomore and junior season. I was super surprised that he was not drafted by an NFL team. That, that really surprised me. But I was actually really happy when I saw that the Philadelphia Eagles were the ones who picked him up as an undrafted free agent because they're one of the teams that I really trust. And it's not to say that Boston Scott you know, is the, is the backup behind Miles Sanders. Of course, there's news this week that they're actually looking for a veteran in Carlos Hyde that would maybe make me willing to drop uh, Warren right away. But until they do, I felt like this was a great pick, the last pick of the draft. I do have Miles Sanders in this league, so I'm getting a little bit of insurance. If Warren was able to work himself onto the team and maybe ultimately into the number two role in Philadelphia, I'd be glad to have him uh, behind Miles Sanders. So this is obviously going to be one of my most exciting drafts, primarily because I had pick number one and number two. That's pretty hard to do. (laughs) It's fun to be in rebuilding mode, especially with a team that had some bad breaks last year that led me to the number one pick. I actually really like my roster going forward. Um, So I'm going to tell you what my roster looks like just real quickly so you can hear, and then you can judge whether you think I'm a bounce back right away candidate or if I'm still in rebuild mode. As quarterbacks, I have Russell Wilson, Jameis Winston, Teddy Bridgewater, and now Justin Herbert. As for them, I'll just say I love Russell Wilson uh, as my starter, and I'm holding out hopes that Winston could be a starter in the future uh, as well, at least one that I could bounce back and forth like I did last year to much success with Wilson and Winston. Wilson never gets hurt, so I don't imagine needing to start anyone else this season except for his bye week, but we'll wait and see what Bridgewater or Herbert can become. I'm happy with my quarterback room. Running backs now have a lot of them. Miles Sanders, Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, my rookies, Raheem Mostert, Matt Breida, Latavius Murray, Damian Williams, Justin Jackson, and Joshua Kelly, Damian Harris, still holding out hope for for the second-year guy, and now Michael Warren, of course. My weak running bike class is not so bad now. It's, it's young and loaded. Sanders was my number two-ranked rookie last year, and while it took him some time to prove it, he did it. And I think that Taylor and Dobbins will be on very similar tracks this year. Um, I have Mostert and Breda and Williams that can kind of compete for my wide running back number two role while I wait for JT and JK to move into their starting roles. I'm also happy to have Jackson, Kelly and Harris and Warren. They all have upside for me much of the off season. Of course, Latavius Murray is uh, one of the best handcuffs to have in the league. So from a bad running back room, I like the way that I've turned it around and they are going to be super young and hard to compete with. As for wide receiver, I have DeAndre Hopkins and Juju Smith-Schuster A.J. Brown and Debo Samuel, Sammy Watkins, and then it gets kind of poor after that, Demarcus Robinson, Josh Reynolds, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Andy Isabella, now James Brochet and Isaiah Hodgins, as well as Tajay Sharp. I'm very top-heavy at wide receiver. I love that I have Hopkins and Juju Juju as proven every week starters, and I love now that I have Debo and A.J. Brown as second-year guys with tremendous upside behind them. The rest of my wide receiver group is pretty unproven, of course, minus Sammy Watkins, who's Of course, we all know very up and down. So rookies, uh, Prochet and Hodgins will need some time to prove themselves, and I'm still hopeful for the second-year players that I've held on to in our Sega Whiteside and Isabella. They need to prove themselves quickly. These guys will kind of all be the first guys to get cut from my rosters, depending on what happens pretty early in the season. As for tight end, I have Dallas Goddard, Austin Hooper, Tyler Higbee, and Blake Jarwin. Hooper was part of the trade involving Michael Thomas that I had to do last year. I'm kicking myself for not looking into his contract situation though. Note to self when, (laughs) when that happens, I I figured he was going to be Atlanta for a long time. So that was completely my fault. If he stayed in Atlanta, I would be very happy overall with the way the trade went down. Um, what kind of resulted in me getting JK Dobbins and AJ Brown ultimately. Um, but this move to Cleveland is a severe downgrade for me. I picked up Goddard early in the year when one of the leak kind of not very uh, savvy owners dropped him early. Um, I got Higby off the waiver wire, and I added Jarwin uh, this offseason when Dallas seemed to not bring in any other tight ends. So I'll be streaming tight end a lot this year. I'd prefer to have an every week starter, but I think I can make things work uh, among these guys. And if Zach Ertz were to get hurt, Dallas Goddard would be gold for me. Speaking of gold, my kicker is Robbie Gould. Uh, He's super reliable. He's on a high-scoring offense. He signed a long-term contract this last year. So happy about my kicker. Defenses in this league are pretty important. They have the Bills and the Buccaneers. I feel like the Bills are a top 10 defense. Sure, top 10 defense in my opinion. Uh, Their ground and pound offense and strong defense make uh, make games a lot uh, lower scoring. And then the Buccaneers, I feel like, are an up-and-coming defense. Uh, They found their own at the end of last year and really improved the last four or five games of the season. They added Antoine Winfield as a safety in the draft. And they're coached by a very aggressive defensive coordinator in Todd Bowles. So hopeful for my defenses. So you guys let me know. Am I a, a rebound team that's going to come back right away, or do I still have a lot of work to go? It's been fun uh, drafting. I hope you guys are having fun in your leagues as well. I'd love it if you would contact me anytime and tell me you know, who's on the clock. Who, I'd love to give you some advice on who to pick. So contact me as you're making your drafts. I hope these have been helpful for you. to Just, just kind of analyze my drafts, help you see average draft position, to know uh, what you can think of will happen in your drafts. So that's a week now. Uh, That's a wrap for this week, rather, my freaky friends. Thanks so much for listening. Make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. That's dynastyfreaks with two E's at gmail.com. Much better on email than I am on Twitter, so email me. I'd be honored if you'd take time to rate and review the podcast and Apple Podcasts. That would mean a lot to me. Thanks so much for listening. I appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted, independent voice in the dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there. And get Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at Longhorn Justin.